Hi, podcast listeners. We're excited to share our show with you. This is us discussing the effects of coronavirus on our personal lives and is not meant to replace a therapy session. For professional advice or if you're in crisis, seek professional help. Hi, Stace. Hi, Layla. Um, what what are we doing? <laughs> We're in a brave new world with coronavirus, and let's figure it out together. I'm Layla, co-founder of Bridger Media. I'm concerned about the effect of COVID-19 on our mental health. I'm Stacy. As a therapist, I've seen the effects of the current crisis. So we created a show to dissect and navigate this critical time together. Let's stay calm with COVID. So it's been the first sunny day in Southern California in about a week. So we've had pretty much seven days of serious rain, except for one day in which we went out and went for a lovely walk. Things are looking up, not only sunshine-wise, but news-wise. New York City already peaked, and the curve seems to have flattened. What have you been hearing? Yes, I noticed that too. It's been several days since I actually checked the numbers, which I used to do multiple multiple times a day. I'm not sure what that says (laughs) or if other people are in the same boat, but it was kind of refreshing to realize that I hadn't checked numbers in in a few days and to see that they had gone down. Yeah, first of all, it's amazing that scientists can predict this type of stuff. (laughs) It's amazing to me that they can create algorithms to predict all of these amazing numbers. I just have to like plug how part of the way they do this is through census data. And so if there are people out there who haven't listened to our census podcast, they must because they'll realize how important it is to get these numbers right. And the name of that podcast is 2020 Counts. You interview a lot of really impressive people And it's just very well put together. And I learned so much um, just from the first episode. Yeah. So these people make these amazing predictions. They somehow were right. And flattening the curve was real. Um, But you've noticed that maybe not a lot of people were really too rattled in a part of the country where the news source is different. So I find that fascinating and interesting. Where I live, the cases are are fairly low, and there's word of people being laid off from hospitals. The hospitals are empty. You know, they set aside special floors for to help with COVID patients, and they're empty. And uh, medical personnel are, are being laid off or furloughed because there's just not enough for them to do. And so I think that's probably fueling this, some feelings of anger or disbelief. I feel like we need to interview a scientist to try to understand. I think they would say that, you know, our measures worked, our social distancing measures worked, and this was the result. Well, I read articles too that people predicted that when, after this was kind of dying down, that people would be like, well, 
that was what I what did I do that for? Or that we would feel like we didn't do anything and nothing happened. It was all for nothing. That's exactly right. Like that's what we needed to happen. That's yeah. proof that it did work. So that leads us into an interesting place talking about expectations and what we all expect this time should have been for us personally, for society, and for our future. Any reflections on that? I do think a lot about the expectations we set for ourselves and for others. This time of COVID, you and I have talked about how we each really want to use this time as a reset in our personal lives to reconnect with our families and ourselves and use this time to better ourselves. I've had moments where I feel like that's working and I've also had moments of just pure survival, you know, just getting through the day. I know that there are many people who have felt pressured to do something or do something Become big. something. Yeah, get on a new exercise program or... Um, or write a book. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think we do need to be gentle with ourselves. It's great to have goals and, and hopes and such, but I think we need to check in to make sure that they are realistic and obtainable and healthy and yeah. that we are not getting down on ourselves if those don't come to yeah. fruition. Yeah. You know, I, I myself um, have wanted this to be a really fruitful and meaningful time. And then I look at my children and I think, what am I thinking? <laughs> they need their mom. They need their mom um, more than just, you know, let's get through all of the assignments that your teachers have given you. They need their mom in a different way. And so maybe it's okay that I don't achieve everything or that things go to the back burner. At the same time, it's been so joyful. We've had so many joyful moments. I think, how can I go back to that life of constant transition? You know, for us, most of, I realized even when it was happening that most of our family conflict would happen during times of transition. So getting out the door, trying to make it on time, getting people dressed, getting people motivated, that really was the most stressful time. And then coming in from outside, being hungry. I mean, the stress of transition time is real. So why would I want to go back to that? Absolutely. I've had similar thoughts. I never thought that I could homeschool or that I had the patience to homeschool. And not that I'm coming up with curriculum or anything right now, but I am recognizing the possible benefits of having a more relaxed home atmosphere. There are speaking of ex expectations over the last few weeks, every so often I think, oh, this is like a really long vacation. Let's say you try to stay home around Christmas, then it feels like you are at Christmas. And I thought, you know, actually no, because there is not one holiday that I experience that is just stress-free, or how do I say it? There's not one holiday that I experience where I don't have a list of to-do. So Thanksgiving, you have to cook. Christmas, you have to have your list of traditions and presents and wrapping and all these other things that go with that, you know, connecting with family, making sure everyone is taken care of. 
July 4th, you have to be outdoors and go to a picnic. And um, I just, I can't think of any other experience of life that is similar to this, except maybe Sundays. You know, for us, Sundays are absolutely family days at home. Maybe Sundays, but even then, I feel like I have a list of things to get through that are maybe more Sunday related, but this is truly the only time in which there are no expectations. The only expectations that exist are the ones we put on ourselves. Yes, I I agree. I, I hadn't thought about it like that. Most of us do still have work expectations to some degree if you're working from home and homeschooling expectations if you have kids, but otherwise it is pretty unchartered territory. Anybody who's lost their job, I'm so sorry, and I can't imagine how scary that must be, especially since the checks haven't come out yet and how you're how you're making ends meet. And so I'm sure anybody in that situation is just trying to survive, is in very real panic mode. And so my heart definitely goes out to to the many people who have been affected that way. I, I often think about the expectations that we have around for ourselves and those around us. For example, if you could go anywhere in the world, Layla, for your birthday, where would you go? I would like to go with my four closest friends, you included, somewhere where we could be stretched. So automatically my mind goes to Iran where my mom's ancestors are from, or on a safari. Yeah, same with my family. I think those two places and and the Philippines where my dad's from. So if you thought that your four best friends were going to surprise you and take you to Iran for your birthday, (laughs) you just had this feeling or you, you know, thought you picked up on some clues. That was your expectation, right? That was your hope. And instead, we took you to... Miami. Miami okay. looks nice, right? There's a beach, like it's, <laughs> but it's not. What would you be thinking the whole time? I, I would be thinking I live in Southern California and <laughs> I love our beaches and I'm, you know, we could have just been in Malibu or something. Okay. Anywhere that we would have taken you aside from you, you know, your top choices would have been a disappointment yeah. because it's not what you had expected or been hoping for. And I think often in life, we have these very specific ideas of what we want our life to be, or we think it should be, or we think other people should do in our lives. And if those expectations fall short, then we're left noticing the the gap or focusing on that. Wow. That's really deep, Stace, because I think of people in relationships Like that, in many ways, is the language of relationships. It certainly was for my parents of expectations and whether or not they were being met. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with friendship. I will say that um, something that helps me is to always default to and automatically think that the people in my life are like the greatest people ever and can never disappoint me. And And that sounds kind of weird, But I just, I already feel like I know that I'm blessed with the best. Therefore, they can never fall short. So I kind of feel like for me, it's been a a way for, you know, having grown up with, 
a high expectations kind of um, culture to be in a place where I already know all my expectations have been met or will be met just makes me feel like I can go with the flow. But anyway, this is, I, I digress, but that is so deep because every relationship is based in expectations, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think that when somebody that we love, so applying this to individual relationships, when somebody that we love and care about doesn't meet our expectations, then we are often left feeling the distance, right? Whether it be a a friend or a family member, um, and you're both making effort to try to come together to meet. And then it seems like it might be working and you're, you're so excited. And then at the last minute, something happens and you don't like magnets that repel, right? Like sometimes they look like they're going to come together. And then at the last minute, they like just go opposite directions. And of course, in that moment, you're going to be disappointed and disheartened because of what you thought was what you would hope for. And it's so easy to focus on that distance. Like they did it again. They still didn't listen to me. They disappointed me again. They're never going to get it. It's easy to catastrophize and feel overwhelmed by that distance. And I think that's okay. But I think, you know, to mourn what we what we had wanted to happen or would like the relationship we would like to have. But after we take some time to, to mourn, I think if we can focus not on the distance, but instead of the eff- effort that was put forth, if we can recognize that I put forth a lot of effort and I can tell they put forth effort too. Even though it didn't work out again, I know that they were trying. I know that they showed up for me and that they were putting forth an effort and being able to give them credit for that and ourselves credit for that. That even though we're still not on the same page or it didn't, it didn't work out like we had wanted, that, they, that we were both trying. And Wow. I think if we can do that, then it will be easier to not retreat into our own corners as deeply. Because when we have unmet expectations, it's so easy to just want to run the opposite way and never see them again and not not talk to them so we're not hurt and disappointed again, right? That's kind of our human nature. But I think the more we do that and the longer amount of time that it is between our interactions, our opportunities for connection, that it's going to be, we're going to build the expectations even higher, right? The longer, but if you see the person, so if you don't see the person for a year and you come together again and you still don't have a a positive connection that you wanted, you're going to retreat for two years or whatever it is. But if you can recognize the effort that was put forth and I think it will be easier to try again sooner. And the more chances for connection that we have, I think the more opportunities for growth. And we'll get to wow. know each other better. This is not ideal in any in every situation, especially, you know, if there's somebody that has a um, an untreated mental illness or, or such, they they might not ever be able to meet your expectations or what you would like. Um, but in in most relationships, I think the more we can try to come together and to meet. Maybe we won't meet every time, but maybe we'll get a little bit closer. Wow. I 
could see that being so healing for so many people. How can we apply that to this pandemic and the different expectations that people have put on themselves, on their government, on their family, on their on their employer? I think that taking some time at the end of each day to reflect and recognize what how that day was for you can be helpful for all of us throughout our lives, but especially during this time to take takes a few moments to reflect and think about how the day went, what were your expectations, where did those fall short, and and recognize that... Yeah, exactly. What are, maybe you did great at cooking healthy meals, but you weren't as productive with your work. What made that possible? What made it possible for the areas where I was successful? Um, and what, what, what happened where I wasn't? And then being able to show yourself grace for those areas that you, those growth opportunities, the areas for growth, recognizing that you are in a global pandemic, that we are all trying to figure this out and that it's okay to have hard days and, and weak. And I think it should be okay even in regular life, right? So in regular non-pandemic life, all of this is important, but especially more so. Yes, exactly. I was listening to the author Glennon Doyle on an Instagram live, and she said that if we can't be gentle on ourselves now, we never will be. Like wow. while we're going through a pandemic, like this is clearly a time where we need to cut ourselves some slack and be kind to ourselves with everything that's going on. And so loosening our expectations a little bit and our standards is, is okay and learning to, to be gentle with ourselves. Thanks for joining us. This show is evolving. If you have ideas for what you'd like to hear, let us know. Email me, Layla, at bridgermedia.com. That's L-E-I-L-A at B-R-I-D-G-R media.com. See you next time on Calm with COVID.